I was probably consuming like 5,000 calories a day with right. being very uh, sedentary. That was the problem. Going yeah. back to having drinks and then, oh, uh, McDonald's is open at one in the morning. Let's go crush a couple McDoubles or whatever. A couple McChickens. There you go. Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wopolinik. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broke the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. Welcome to episode 50 of the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. As always, I'm your host, Steve Opolinex. I just want to give a big thank you to all our listeners for helping us push to this milestone of 50 podcast episodes recorded. We have a ton more coming. We already have some that we're editing, and I'm really excited for you all to hear um, the next 50. So thank you so much, and we're really excited for you to join us today. We made it to episode 50, and we got a great one for you today. My cousin, James Damaris, is our guest, and really excited to get into his story. I think you will all love it. He went from being 375 pounds down to 250 in the course of the pandemic, and is still making strains, still battling his stigmas and demons, and working towards that goal of of dropping even more weight. So we sit down and talk at length about this and the ins and outs of the ups and downs of it. And he has some really good insight. So I'm excited for you all to take a listen to it. James is awesome. Love this guy. Really love to sit down and talk about his story, be part of his story and and bring his message to you. He really does not enjoy talking about himself. So it was really fun for me to sit sit down with him and have him in the hot seat and really make him work through that. So I hope you all enjoy the episode and sit back and enjoy the soothing sounds of a man of grandeur, a man of fortitude and amazingness. Here's James. In a world where humanity's potential is imprisoned and locked away, is to break the chains and find our flame. So no pressure, dude. Um, welcome to the podcast. Super excited to have you Thanks here. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Our guest is none other than the grandiose one himself. My cousin James, welcome, man. Uh, how are you doing, man? Good, good, man. How uh, how are you doing? You know, keeping busy, keeping on point, just trying to be pointed in the right direction, moving forward, and you know, staying on task. Hear that? Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Uh, one of the reasons we have you on here is because, you know, I've already made fun of Caitlin and Marcus on here, and I figure it's about time we got you on here so I can make fun of you a little bit, but also because I want to talk about your incredible health journey that's been unfolding for you over the last year. So um, before we get started, can you just do like a quick introduction to the listeners of who you are, what you do, and all things James? Well, this might be NC-17 if we go all things, but uh, <laughs> I'll put a warning label Maris, on it. I'm, uh, I'll try to I'll try to watch my language. So, um, 
I'm uh, Stephen's cousin. Um, I'm uh, an executive chef at a restaurant called Mingo's Sports Bar and Grill in North Adams, Massachusetts. Uh, I have a dog who will you'll probably hear throughout this podcast. So uh, oh, there he goes right now. But you know, it's pretty much not too much about me, I guess. So. Here's Wiley. Um, that's it's really awkward for you to talk about yourself, isn't it? Could you tell? It's very awkward. I don't like talking about myself at all. Really, I mean, in closed situations, yeah, that's fine. But uh, if I've had some alcohol, it might be a little bit different. But I'm trying to stay away from that. I mean, right. as much as I used to. But uh, now, nah, talking about myself isn't a big thing. I don't think it's interesting so well it's not that it's not interesting it's just that it, I, it makes me uncomfortable so well but let me, either way let, i'm ready to do it today well let me hype you up a little bit so james is the epitome of a caring cousin he's always there for you when you need him he'll reach out to you in times uh like he has a sixth sense of reaching out when you may need that conversational piece but may not be able to access it and do check-ins he is go-to guy if you want to hang out at a vfw bar where someone gets has gotten stabbed before <laughs> no, I'm just that's my favorite place man. <laughs> but you, you know he's uh he's, he's more like a brother to us uh to caitlin marcus and myself because of the time we've spent together and and just how caring he is and open to that. connecting with family and so he has been on an amazing journey recently, which we'll dive into a little bit, but he's a, he's a, he's a good man. And, you know, I know this is awkward for him and I, I really appreciate the, the grace you've shown yourself to come on and talk about your journey, because it, like you've said before, it's not the most easy thing to do, but I appreciate you being here and showing up today. No, I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for having me up. So, so we wanted you to come on just because of the amazing last year you've had and in this time of strife for so many and and for society in general you've been able to kind of turn it around a little bit so um you know i think i want to talk about your story and then talk about uh, the different aspects of it and that that's led into the journey so can you give us a little bit of a background on that uh yeah so Let's see, about a year ago, around this time, so it was right when uh, COVID started beginning, I was probably around a good 300, 360. I was way up there. And then our restaurant had shut down for the original two weeks, and then we ended up staying closed, closer to two months. And over the first month of the original shutdown, I probably put out another 15, 20 to a point where like I couldn't even tie my shoes. It was, I was pretty grossed out with myself and I had never really thought about it. Cause I would look in the mirror and be like, Oh, you're not that bad. Maybe get a good angle. And it was, it was pretty, pretty horrible. And I, I didn't have a neck. Like I said, I just couldn't bend over. Couldn't, it was to a really bad point. That I had uh, spent the last couple of years drinking heavily and just not taking care of myself. And I have a friend, Evan, who I need to mention, because if it weren't for him, this probably wouldn't have happened. He was uh, very instrumental in getting me on my feet out of the door, just starting with 15 minutes here, 15 minutes here. And what went from a quarter mile walk turned uh, a three mile walk every single morning. It was a quarter mile every other day, just to get it up and be able to move around again. And just yeah it was it was a dark time but at that same point when there was a lot of a lot of horrible stuff going on in the country and around the world I uh was able to be by myself and realize that uh it's time for me to change I didn't like me at that point so I will say having all that time down was a big help too because I just had no other excuse than to just get out and start walking so and that was pretty much the beginning was the walking. And then after that, started looking at 
parts of my diet and cutting this out, that out. Honestly, I, I quit drinking for five months, but I do still, I'm back to that. Some of my vices are still laughing at me, but nowhere near to the point where they were hindering me from being able to, to move off the couch. So, right. Um, Cause I, re- I remember very, and- very early on, we had a cousin kind of Zoom meeting, and we just uh, yes, I hanging out. Yeah. And I, I know you and I talked a little bit later, and how you had talked a little bit about, you know, that felt very uncomfortable for you, just in general. No, it it was very uncomfortable. That was probably one of the beginning things. Cause I remember I had it on my TV, and I didn't even have the the phone camera pointed at me I didn't want to see myself it was that bad and it was just uncomfortable I didn't have a good time and that was like towards the end of me just being like all right you got to change because like I it was (laughs) it was gross I didn't like it so no that was one of my more uncomfortable days and that was just hanging out via video so I mean (laughs) yeah no that wasn't uh that was not a fun thing for me but we'll have to see all you guys that was great so (laughs) well i mean i I think this is a vice that we all as opolinics in the family have struggled with at one point or the other you know caitlin's come on and i've been very open about my history of anxiety and depression and trauma and overeating based on that right and i think historically if you if you look at our family so many many of them are probably listening to this so i'm going to choose my words correctly here Uh, if you look at our family we're extremely hard workers you know in the jobs that we pursue or you know showing up to help people or showing up uh to family to you know the aunts used to go over to uncle mike's house all all the time and help him you know bale hay and take care of horses when he wasn't around and so we work really hard but the other ethic that is kind of diminished by that is to a fault. You know, we work hard to a fault right. where we don't really focus on self-care or, or uh, health and wellness in that area. And it has been a journey of many of us, uh, whether it's- Oh, it has been in that. I hear you, like the hard work has definitely been instilled in our family. And honestly, over the last, maybe what, 10, 12 years, you can see a change in all of the, everybody in the family I feel has been working really hard to take care of themselves. So there was a, when all the aunts did the, um, the hypnosis thing and they all just shed pounds. Like it was, well, I don't know. It's pretty nuts. And even then is when I was starting to think about it, like, but I just never did it. Uh, working too hard. Yes. And then playing too hard for me was the other thing. So. Yeah, it's that that homeostasis, right? Like this idea of, uh, you know, we work hard. And I think this is a general concept in society in general is that we work hard and the counterbalance to that is playing hard, but again, to a fault, right? Um, We engage in, oh, self-care is this. Self-care is eating really good food. It's having a couple of drinks, which in moderation, definitely. Um, But the- But real self-care, I think, is the medium of, of both of those things is finding generative and healthy ways to do work hard, but also play hard in, in oh, a healthy it is. way. I was, I was a healthy way. Everything. My stepfather at, throughout the whole first couple of months of what I was doing was everything in moderation. That's what he would say. And at that point, the first month, two, three months, I was going way too hard. I was not getting my calories that I needed to sustain what I was doing for my workouts and whatnot. And then it took a while to finally find my groove, but I did. And definitely gotta just gotta watch what you do. And I, I guess uh moderation will probably be a theme of this um this podcast because you can't demonize everything because then you're just not living. So yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I think part of the work is, is um, you know, there's that famous quote, it's everything in moderation, and then even even moderation in moderation, right? And, and so really, I, for me, what it's become is all about intention, 
you know, having this conversation of, uh, with myself and saying, what is my intention here? Is my intention to overeat, to manage something? And if that's my intention, how do I curb that? Or what can I do instead? Or is my intention to really not care about what the day looks like because it's uh, Super Bowl or it's a right. celebration or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I think that's something that's really hard to foster when you're going through that because you, you don't know what that means because you, we, you know, I look at it almost as a dual diagnosis of, for me at least, of trying to manage something that feels unmanageable by avoiding it and finding the quick fix. And for me, it was food for a hundred percent. Right. I didn't oh, like, I, I didn't like uh, these certain things. I didn't want to sit with them. So I didn't pay attention to, to the intention. I did. I, it was ignorance was bliss. Who cares if I eat all this? I don't care. Right. Um, I'm just going to get lost in the taste and that dopamine reward. Oh, exactly. Um, now same here as my, my thing was, I would just drink way too much and then eat way too much afterwards and just indulge because I love food. And honestly, the one thing that I have been able to stay away from the most coming back was like going to Cumbies and again, a bunch of Reese's peanut butter sticks or whatever. That, that was my thing. It's just the candy and like once a week now it's fine. I went months without having any candy and then it's just sometimes you gotta have it and the same thing uh maybe on a special occasion you'll just let go which i don't think is wrong if you're having a special occasion once every one or two months so yeah because i mean i don't know again it's that that homeostasis like we were talking about right like that balance is yeah. if you go too hard like you did at the beginning you're gonna crash because that's not sustainable yeah. your body's not used to it so these slow uh, reintroductions and loss of stigma to it is really important yeah. you know and, yeah. and candy is a big one man like how many calories are in a candy bar you know easily uh, yeah. two, 250 to 300 and something depending on the candy yeah, bar and you don't no, feel full was... <laughs> you don't feel full after no, you so don't, you're like let you... me have two or three of those yeah. no that's exactly it it was like two king size of those sticks and that was good 600 calories that was the other thing that really helped me was counting calories. And I wasn't really looking at everything else that went into it as long as the calories were there. And I had the protein, I was doing protein shakes. Um, the only thing that I really looked at going into me other than the calories, not looking at sugar as fast, this, that, or the other thing, it was make sure you get enough protein and honestly making sure the calories, calories were down, not really going too much further than that. Mm -hmm. so honestly, what really worked for me was like making sure I was putting out more than I was taking in. And so, um, but yeah, no, same thing. Uh, our cousin, uh, Joey lived with us for a little while. And I remember he, Oreos used to be my thing too. I would be able to crush oh, yeah. Oreos one night <laughs> Oreos and he so brought good. home you know, the um, peanut butter ones or whatever. And I never had them. And I was looking at the calories, I'm very conscious. I'm looking at calories and everything that I buy now. And I turned it over. It was like 280 for two of them. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. So I think that was like the first snack that I actually had. I had two of them and was able to put it down. So, and that was the other thing for me too, is like I could start something that is just, everything was like the Pringles uh, slogan for me. Once you pop, you can't stop. It doesn't matter what it was. Oreos, Doritos, a bottle of Jameson. It's got to go until it's done. So yeah, I, uh, Luckily, again, the moderation. So just well, you got to know that you can't. Nope. No, no just, you got to know that you can't just uh, do everything until it's gone that night. You can't eat or drink till you're dry. So, yeah, that was my problem. Yeah. It, just it, uh, very, you know, insatiable. yeah. And, and that comes from you know, we, we, a plethora of things we could, we could go on and on about, you know, uh, I don't want to project onto you like where I was, but for me, that insatiability came from, I know I need more to, to kind of keep going. This tastes really good. So I want to stay here. I want to stay, I want another slice of pizza. I want more French fries. I, you know, I could do more and more and, 
you know, and that that's how I would judge it instead of saying, oh, let me eat a little bit and then have some tomorrow. And the next day it was, well, let me just have one big meal of this stuff. Right. Then it won't be here. But the trouble is I would go out and get no, I know more of it, you know? Uh, it's, it's funny because I, I was reading something and I'm not going to be able to quote it that well, but I like sometimes people will bring in like snacks to the restaurant. Somebody will bring in a batch of cookies they made and I'd go over and be like, all right, I'm going to take all these so nobody else can have them and I'll eat them later. And I was like, no, it's not that I want them now. It's that I don't want you to have them so I can have them myself. And that was also another, it was almost like the alpha male dog eating in the bowl, pushing the other, the ones away. But uh, it just... <laughs> No, this things that go through your head when you get to that point, like this addiction to yeah. eating and everything else is just, it's insane. It's funny because like addiction can be to anything. It doesn't have to be a substance that you're abusing, but like, oh, I want to keep buying this, that, or the other thing because I want to have that in my house. And you're like, yeah, and just so many different things come from that one part of your brain. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, but, I'm a... I'm a big believer it's what what those things do for you is what can cause the addiction right like whether yeah. it's mentally or, or physically and we can you know I I've been toying around with this idea a lot and working on it myself and we can even become addicted to these emotions right and so for me why it was so long before I made a change was because I, I became addicted to to feeling vindicated in how I felt this weird process of, I didn't want to do anything to change it because right. it was comfortable. This idea of being really comfortable in this emotion. I, I don't like being anxious. I don't like being depressed. I don't like being angry or focused on any of those things. Right. But I know what that life looks like. I don't know what it looks like to confront those emotions. I don't know what it looks like to stand up for myself. I want, no, I do now, but I didn't. Right. And so, you know, I wanted this change, but I didn't want to do the work to get there because it was uncomfortable. So food became the thing that, that was the avoidance for me. Oh, I don't want to do this. I'll just eat. And then there's yeah. guilt and shame. Obviously that comes along with that too. Oh, now <laughs> the guilt and shame thing. I, I didn't really see that that much, but I know exactly what you're talking about because when I was drinking heavily and I didn't feel it because I was just numb to everything. I was at that point where I was like, oh no, a real alcoholic blames all the problems on other people and don't look at themselves, where I was doing exactly what I was talking shit about doing, just not realizing it because I don't realize it. Now I drink once or twice or two intoxication and just have a good time. The next morning, no matter what, I wake up and actually feel the guilt and the shame and the actual depression that the alcohol causes because it's a depressant but right. when you're just doing it all the time you can't really tell but the other night i had some drinks and i woke up the next morning i wasn't even like like drunk i was just going and i woke up i was like wow i uh not happy with myself even though there was nothing i always feel like i've done something wrong right. especially coming from where i was but not even having a headache i just wake up and i'm like oh you're you suck dude why'd you do that but it's all in the head it's just yeah well i mean so mad at yourself for doing it at this point yeah i think a lot of the stuff with the shame is is really tricky because in the guilt is tricky because if you look at you know any change right like um you know, in, in therapy and psychology, there's these stages of change that I work with a lot with people. And there are these five stages of uh, pre-contemplative, which is, ah, I don't have an issue with anything. I don't have to change anything. And then contemplative, which is, ah, I should really make a change, um, but you don't commit to it. And then the third stage is generally deciding to do something. The fourth stage is uh, the action plan. This is how I'm going to do it. And then the fifth stage is maintenance. And, right. you know, each one of those stages is really tricky, but I feel like maintenance is this really tough stage because you've gotten some leeway and you've, you've made some progress. And then when you do have hiccups, like what you're talking about, or if you do say, no, my intention is I'm going to have just a couple drinks. Um, you start to feel like you're backsliding when in reality, you're not for the most part, nah. you know? 
and and that's right you know it's the difference between a relapse to not in terms of alcoholism or addiction but just a relapse in terms of uh that behavior you want to change and a lapse which is you know finding that grace in between those two is really important and saying oh you know i did eat overeat um pizza last night well that's okay today's right. a new day i'm gonna you know really focus on what's here today and let me move forward and you know if i'm feeling guilt okay but that instead of just getting stuck there and letting it say well you know i screwed up and fucked up this weekend so um this week is completely <laughs> You know, I might as well just continue yeah. for the week and then restart again. It's this construct of time, which is not real that we base our decisions on. It's in a way to further avoid or procrastinate those things. You know, oh, I hear that. So I just, it's one of those things that you can't get away from it. It's just something to be there. I, guess. I, um, I will say, going back to the anxiety thing, I thought that was going to be a problem, but because I was always anxious. I feel like when I was drinking, I was more anxious, which with everybody that I've talked to, who a lot of my friends now are, have been sober for years and they, they deal with the more anxiety now. I'm a very anxious person, but I'm glad person. I'm just glad it didn't really, uh, I was afraid that was going to happen to me, but at the same time, moderation, I, yeah, I don't know. I just got to keep going. Um, Pretty much, it's what it comes down to, and that whole—I lost my train of thought on that one. So, no worries, man. We got room to explore. That's that's the cool aspect of this pontification is we have room to explore without right. feeling like we have to nail every thought in the moment, right? Um, so, yeah, I want I want to talk about a couple of things. Uh, you mentioned you know, it was really about calories for you to start off. And I think this is actually a really good introduction for a lot of people is just bringing that insightfulness into, okay, how much was I overeating? Because, you know, looking at ourselves is really easy to say, no, nah, it wasn't that much. No, that's a normal portion size. Uh, you know, that's, that's good to go. And so, yeah, I think the base of it is, inherently calories in calories out i think further along the journey it becomes about nutrition and really feeding your body what it needs right. but i think that the entry yeah. point is just bringing awareness to what a serving size is and how many calories are in it not to a point of obsessing but just you know being a, a knowledgeable yeah. source to pay attention to and you know the oreo cookies is a great one because when you look at it, yeah. it's like, what, two, I think you said 282 calories. How many Oreo cookies? Somewhere in there. Two. Two cookies. <laughs> two cookies. So, now, I don't know if any, yeah. any listeners are, are paying attention to this, but how many Oreo cookies do you usually eat when you sit down to eat Oreo cookies? I, I can almost guarantee you it's not two. It's not two. And like everything else, too, you got to look at what the actual serving size is. Sometimes, luckily, you're on the more on the more um, health oriented foods that I was eating, they would say serving size, and then they would give you the whole calories for the entire package. Because sometimes you would get like one of those dinners that you would make, and be like, "Oh, if you have the half size, but the full size is this," and everything else is usually. I mean, I was looking stuff up online just to get weights on fresh veggies and stuff like that, and um, but a lot of the serving sizes, like specifically things that I was using a lot of uh, peanut butter, honey, um, and whatever the almond creamer or the oat milk creamer that I was using for my coffee. It's, it might say, I don't even know what it is at this point. I think it's 25 calories, but that's for two tablespoons and there might even be one tablespoon, but either way, I like cream in there. So you're, I'm getting a hundred calories and I'm probably going to put four tablespoons in. Right. You realize the tablespoon is not that much. No, go no. way over. Actually, it's insane. Jess, uh, my wife always makes fun of me when it comes to almond butter because I like a heaping scoop of it. And she's like, that's five yeah. servings. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, oh, you're right. Yeah, maybe I should pay more attention to that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think that's a great entry point and in, in finding that balance all, along the way. So, Let's talk about your journey because you said it started with walking and, and Evan uh, being kind of a godsend to, to kind of help you out and motivate you and being near you. 
Um, yeah. And then you said you were around 360 and then maybe 15 pounds when the pandemic first hit, like that first month. Yeah. Added a couple. I'm, yeah. So yeah. I would say I feel like I was like over a good, definitely over 370. I looked it. I was having a hard time fitting the three X's. So that, I think that's what it really came down to. It was like I had a couple of three X's, but I just bought them. I'm like, oh, these are going to fit. And I was like, ah, geez. So, um, so I started that. When I, I got down to 250, 253, and my goal eventually is between two and 200. I do want to start going to the gym. Evan's going to help me out with that at some point. Um, I'm really not wanting to do it right now because things are starting to spike again with the uh, the COVID thing. Some gyms have shut down around here. Yeah. Uh, but I have over the last month or so put on 10 to 15 pounds. It got kind of hard in the winter. I, I do a lot of stuff outside. I have a treadmill. I get on it every once in a while. I really should use it more because it was uh, – a kingly gift from my stepfather and I feel bad I don't use it as much as I should, but it does get used and I don't know. Um, but my mother's also been there. She, she, her and I were doing daily walks at seven in the morning, three miles every day. It helps out a lot. Having somebody there yeah. is definitely makes the journey a lot easier. No matter who it is, it's always funner to walk to somebody. Um, Evan will always say that it was 99% me, 1% him, but I'm going to give him more 50-50 on that because I wouldn't have done it if he didn't kick my ass out the door. I was always, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And he texts me. He lives literally a stone's throw down the road. And he's like, I'm going to be there in five minutes. We're going. And I'm like, ah, fuck you, dude. Seriously, I don't want to do this. And <laughs> he's, a, he's a character, that one. Um, even like then we started hiking and stuff and I started going up trails on Greylock, which I thought I would never do. And seeing my progression from not being able to do a hill in one, one track where I'd have to take a couple stops. Now I was motoring some stuff out, but he was always, the thing that he always did to me is like, Oh, it's only another, uh, another couple hundred yards. And then a mile later, you're like, no, it's another. <laughs> yeah. You're not walking out of the forest today. So. But uh, no, he was always, uh, always pushing, but not to the point where um, you're going to fall over. So yeah, no shame in taking breaks. I'll tell no. you that much. No, and, it, so. and actually it's more generative, right? Because you can keep going. Yeah. Uh, if you yeah. go all out, you can only go a certain amount and then you're done. And, and you might be done for the week or the month because you went too hard right. and you're like, oh, I, I don't want to do that again. Um, yeah. But taking breaks is, is the key to progress. Small steps, big changes, um, yep. super important stuff. And, you know, I'm really glad you had Evan because I, I think that connection and that support system is so generative to change and, and progress that we don't see it a lot. You know, we, I think the metric we kind of judge this stuff by is, okay, uh, what can you mentally endure and push yourself to do by yourself? Um, right. You know, and I think that's a trap because yeah, it's isolating. And we all know once you're isolated, that's when these negative patterns kind of reemerge. And I know, yeah. and, and you did tell me, we did talk recently about, you know, a little bit of the weight gain and really talking about what that could be associated to, but also talking about, you know, it's not a straight line, you know, none of this stuff no. is from point A to B and then you're done. It's a lot of jagged lines. It's a lot of recircling back and, and, you know, figuring out what, what kind of stalled you out and paying attention to it and going back to that yep. action plan and saying, okay, I need to adjust this way. Right. You're, you're right. the way you approach it in wintertime is going to be different than in summer because you have right. different opportunities, right? And so, oh yeah, you know, I think it's awesome yeah, that you're still trucking along, man. Yeah, no, I uh, <laughs> still trying hard. Like what? It, what did derail me is I had a quarantine a couple of times from coming in contact with people who were positive with COVID, and I know way too many people have gone through it to tell you what it's like but just waiting for that call to come back whether you have it or not it's 
nerve wracking. A lot of people that I, I know that have had it luckily were either it ranged from being asymptomatic to a runny nose. I don't thankfully I haven't known anybody that got it really, really hard, but a couple of my friends did were out for a couple of weeks with extreme flu like symptoms, but it's just sitting at home knowing that I can't well, I guess the biggest thing too is like I wasn't it wasn't like a vacation taking a week off of work or 10 days off of work because I didn't have my stuff set up and I was worried about my guys and the restaurant in general. So mm-hmm. that weighed on me and I just kind of sat down and waited for every little thing. Like if I, my ear got a little bit warm, I was getting a fever or it wasn't because I was laying on it for a half an hour. So that really kicked me off of stuff. I don't want to make excuses, but it didn't make it easier for me. I couldn't go see, couldn't go walking with my mother. I had to stay away from people. So, and then I use that as, well, as an excuse to not do anything, but get back to it now. Went for a good hike with uh, Evan and his brother, Cody, who I haven't seen, well, I saw him a week or two ago, but a long time since then. And just getting back out in general and my mother is getting back out. So we're going to start meeting up every morning again next week we're gonna get through our systems and just go doesn't matter so no i love that i love that caitlin's gonna make fun of me again for saying i love that she's been listening to the podcast and pointing out i say that way too much Uh, (laughs) but i do i you know i do love it because i think it's you know i didn't see that as making excuses i saw that as paying attention to the the thought patterns that are so intricate with dealing with this stuff of okay when i get overwhelmed uh, and I don't feel like I have this coping skill of walking or being out or, or doing these things, then I, I go to this way. Right. And so, you yeah. know, and then the worry kind of comes in about my ear because I was laying on it, watching TV or whatever, and it's warm. And then you start perseverating yeah. and catastrophizing and um, those yeah. cycles like really shift behavioral choices. Um, and so yeah. paying attention to it too, is like, again, that lapse feels very disappointing, but it's a huge learning experience to kind of move forward and say, okay, I know this is my pattern. So I need to challenge it. If I'm going into this period of isolation or if I'm going into winter or, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. So, uh, where's going to go with that? Nah. Also going back to the calorie thing and a pretty circle back around to it. I did keep a journal for a long time and I started using the apps. I did want to say this because I working at a restaurant and snacking on French fries or curly fries or oh, you got an extra mastic. That was something I had to cut out too and just make sure I stuck to a, a meal, to two good meals a day, mainly breakfast and lunch and a light dinner if I even got to that. But the thing that got me through the day was not snacking on everything else were not even a product placement thing because i'm not sponsored by them obviously but <laughs> cliff bars and kind anything by kind i will say that those help me because they were they would fill you up enough and take off the edge and they also replaced all the uh, the candy that i wanted to eat because they taste like you eat them for a while they end up tasting like candy bars so yeah at first they're not there but after a couple months of eating them they're they're delicious little snacks. So having oh, yeah. something that you can fall back onto for a snack that you know isn't destroying you was pretty awesome as well. So oh yeah, for just sure. finding that one groove. So something that you know you don't have to think about and you just have it with yeah. you to kind of supplement. Right. Maybe. Maybe like, a lot of sense. Pack a couple snacks and then you're good to go. Oh, gonna eat that uh that half a basket of fries. Didn't uh enjoy right i mean just watching the intake back, we did start touching on like how many calories you were taking in and like for i'm not 100 percent sure on what it is but for a generally active somebody that's not working out you're supposed for a, a male they say you're supposed to get 2500 calories a day if you're working out every single day and just going harder you're obviously going to get want to get more than that but Again, not 100% on that. I know that I was running mine based on a 2,500-calorie diet a day. And, I mean, I probably could have got some more on some days, but I was um, 
two points here. We'll go with, I was probably consuming like 5,000 calories a day with right. being very uh, sedentary. That was the problem. Going yeah. back to having drinks and then, oh, uh, McDonald's is open at one in the morning. Let's go crush a couple McDoubles or whatever. A couple of McChickens. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. You're good to go. And yeah. uh, whereas on the other end, when I started going really hard, I was, after counting my calories, I was getting 11 a day I was that was not getting where I needed to be and it just one day I remember I was vacuuming in my car and I stood up and it was like I need to go take a nap and I had the first time I had felt like ever well not felt like everything in that but the first time I had wanted to take a nap in months since I had started the weight loss because you're just not getting the, the fuel you need you got to watch it you can't keep going both you got to stay in the middle and that stuff so yeah but I was it's like oh wow what is going on? And I barely made it in the house and I passed out for an hour and I spoke with Evan again. He's like, dude, you can't go too far one way. You have to. And that's when I got into looking at the snacks that I could have throughout the day and making sure I took in this much for breakfast, had this snack, this much for lunch, had this snack and then whatever left for dinner. So, yeah. No, that's another thing is just pretty much just uh, my, my only liquid intake was um water i wasn't drinking anything else to a point though i did start supplementing some gatorades there if i needed to get some an extra kick so the electrolytes yeah so, man yeah i mean i think apparently. it's so important to pay attention to the the healthy ways to make changes because even <laughs> even that cut from 5000 to 2500 is that's a huge cut right yeah and, and so you're going to see results with that, but those days you went way, way below that. You, you were just not sustaining the, the energy you need right. for the day, which is, you know, it's, right. and I think there's a lot of misinformation about that. I had, I was talking to someone the other day and he was talking about trimming up and he said, yeah, you know, I'm trying to get like 1400 calories a day. <laughs> like, dude, what are you, no. like, you can't do that. You know, you need energy. Um, yeah, no, that's so I, for being sedentary. That's low. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and I, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out because I think that's amazing. All right. I got three questions for you before we wrap up. Uh, first question is one specifically Sorry. for you. And then the last two are, we do it every podcast. So the first question for you is, did you notice that your taste buds changed or your, your taste changed from going from, you know, not consuming as much candy? Did you notice that things were sweeter than they used to be? with less sugar in them, or you could appreciate the amount you didn't need as much to kind of get the sweetness of it. That's actually a good question. I don't know if there was much of a difference, but I think because of what I was supplementing the, the shit bars with was tasting good on themselves by themselves. So um, I will say though, one thing that I, oh, I've only had once in maybe twice, was uh ice cream i do miss ice cream but i can't go to that because that's just ridiculous because they really should just say ben and jerry's that pint is one serving i don't if you're somebody <laughs> that can eat ben and jerry's without crushing the whole thing in one sitting then god bless you because no that's just that's one serving so yeah i can understand um, that i do have stuff now <laughs> i will have some stuff now and i'm like oh a little bit more of a pop i guess but nothing yeah. crazy and uh, yeah, even looking into like the healthier Ben and Jerry's or pints, it's still the calories are still astronomical on that stuff. So, like non dairy, you're still looking at 350 to 400 for a half a pint. It's yeah, calories have been running my life for the last last year. So, yeah, what the hell? Either way, no, for but, real. No, um, yeah, I, I will say that I, when I do have something that I have missed. It maybe not that my taste buds change, but maybe it's just more satisfying. It's like, oh, I finally, I will say one of my favorite things of all time are the Reese's peanut butter cup seasonals, especially for some reason the Easter egg, because that was the original one. I still think that tastes better, that better than the uh, pumpkin or the Christmas tree, but that Easter egg had one of those the other day. And yeah, it was a, uh, it's a very fun, exciting time for my uh, my taste buds. I will say that. So. Yeah, 
I, I, I think didn't crush. What, I didn't crush four of them. I had one. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I think for me, it was, I, I started noticing the things that I used to eat, like the candy bars became uh, very sweet to me, like almost coinly sweet where it was like, oh, this is too much. What am I doing? Because I was able to cut back on sugar intake yeah. or my sugars were more natural and, and, and taste. And that was enough. And it re- I think yeah. it really puts in perspective just how over sugared, you know, over sweet some, some items we consume are. Right. I will say I used to pound a lot of soda. So when I, I did quit drinking soda for a while, I'll have a glass of soda once or twice a day, like a half one just to get that sweetness. Mm-hmm. But when you go months without drinking soda, I don't think I've ever got a year without drinking soda. I love it. But if you do hit like five, six, seven months without soda, for me, going to the taste bud things, once you taste it, you're just like, oh, that is disgusting. It really doesn't taste that great. And then yeah. I started drinking the all natural sugar sodas. And again, uh, Joey showed me the uh, Mexican Coke, which has the uh, natural cane sugar. And just looking at stuff that has the natural cane sugar as opposed to the uh, processed stuff, because the calories are in half on those as well. Yeah. So I would drink some of those and they were just, just as good. I think I developed a taste for more dry soda, but I used to just love Barks and Sprite and going so long without drinking it and then drinking it again is just yeah that's yeah kind of effing gross yeah for real real. but i do still have it so um i just not drinking a liter a day or so right yeah not more going back to moderation all right so last two questions for you um as you know a huge superhero fan over here so they are related to superpowers um the first one is if you had any superpower uh in a made-up world assuming we have superpowers what would your superpower be and why why would you choose that and then the second question is what do you think your real life superpower is you know your characteristic or your personality trait that's really your strength uh, first thing i already know this and i've known this since i was a kid because i am into comic books as well just not as much as the rest of the family is i don't have have all the paraphernalia although i just got all my uh x-men cards from when i was a kid like full sets that I got <laughs> oh man out. we yeah and, we went hard on that uh, uh and i got some oh man I, would, I should actually send actually give you the stuff you probably enjoy more than me but um always since i was a kid uh, uh wolverine's regenerative power regenerative uh, regenerative i can't even say it you know generation powers yeah healing factor yeah yeah yes that's yeah. great Damn. all right um, I would do that, but I think that would be at this point in my life, it would probably be more selfish that I could go and destroy my body with all the those vices that uh, you're not supposed to have, but not really care about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. And plus being a chef, like cutting your hand, doing anything in there, it would just be nice. And it's also going back to the fact that I have eczema and it would just really be nice to not have it yeah, naturally true. through superpowers. <laughs> so, and then what would you um, say? You- I don't know your superpower is i mean i think you uh touched on it i try to that sixth sense of knowing when somebody needs a call i feel like i've not really been up on it recently and i'm not gonna lie my mother helps me out with this she'll send me a text be like well somebody in the family's going on through this but i have friends that are sometimes you just tell and i i think people are down more than they really are i think too much and be like hey What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? And they're like, nothing. Just shut the fuck up. I'm fine. Are you sure? And they're like, no, nah, dude. All right. Enough. Um, I mean, I, I guess I'd have to do that. And I using my battles, I guess. I know. A lot of times people are like, yeah, uh, you should have said something. I was like, well, that's not, not a battle that I feel like I can win. Whereas if I bank that, when I should have said something, if I need to say something and get it across, it'll be more poignant let this little petty squabble go and then take care of the big fish later. But yeah, I mean, sometimes that's more with uh, the clear head of mind. If I was drinking more, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go say something with that dude. He's like, no, you're not. I'm like, no, but I want to. That <laughs> want doesn't come up as much anymore. So yeah, gotcha. like, oh, whatever. He's an asshole. Let him go. So, yeah. and I don't know. I feel like uh, I was tooting my own horn on that question. 
So, well, you're you're meant to be. I'm talking that, too much about myself. But <laughs> so. you're you're supposed to toot your own horn. That's the the purpose of yeah. the questions. Awesome. Well, you know, no, I have, no, I have nothing but respect for your brother. Um, you know, same to you. You're a beautiful, beautiful man, and I really appreciate all the Thank hard you. work you're putting in and showing up today. Oh. I know it's outside of your comfort zone, so I really appreciate you doing it. And I think your story is, yeah, I mean, to go from over 370 down to, you know, around 250-ish, we'll say that's a big, yeah. big journey. Yeah. And I know you're not done yet. You, you got a lot of yeah. empowerment in there and a lot of moxie in you, kid. Um, so. You know, I'm just honored to have you on as always and always love talking to you. Oh, yes, for sure. We always have good conversations. I'm honored that you had me on for what, number 50? Number 50, yeah. I saved the, the special number for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we can do this again in a couple months and I'll uh, look a little bit different that time. So, yeah, let's definitely use it. Uh, enjoyed it. Let's um, use it as motivation. We'll have a check in. Yes checking that's perfect well you made it a lot easier for me that wasn't as hard as i thought it was going to be so thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast if you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast please outreach to us at info at the promethean project.org if you want to learn more about the promethean project or if you would like to donate to our cause you can reach us at the Promethean Project.org. If you really do enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends, like our posts on social media and Instagram and on Facebook, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to. Again, thank you for taking a listen, and remember that the most important step is always the next one. <laughs>